Welcome to My Fitness Journey, a fitness podcast where we highlight everyday people and their fitness journeys. And by doing so, we hope that we can get you to rethink what it means to be fit and to understand that this journey is a lifestyle change and not a quick fix system. Let's do it. Welcome back to another episode of My Fitness Journey, everyone. Um, today I have a very, very special guest. Ali, is it Ali Rahim? How do you pronounce your last name, Ali? It's Ali Rayum. Rayum. All right. So I have Ali today. Um, man, I'm excited about this episode because Ali is one of the most profound people I've ever met. Um, there's not many of my peers that, you know, when they speak, I listen and take notes. <laughs> Literally, this is every conversation we've had. And uh, so I'm very blessed to have Ali on the show today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, just to just to get started, Ali. So just a quick background. Uh, Ali and I went to church together, Connect Church. It seems like we have a lot of uh, guests. We've had a couple of guests on the show that, you know, came from Connect and probably more will come from Connect because uh, I think one thing that I genuinely enjoyed about going to Connect is the community the, and, and it's the holistic approach to faith, you know, um, and it's the fact that it started with it starts with the lead pastor, Pastor Derek, who is um, who is just passionate about health and fitness. And and you see that in the community, you see that support and in, uh, in the community, which is why, you know, I have a lot of you know friends uh, and connections like yourself who shares the same passion. So but yeah, Ali, so just to give you the floor, um, just give us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. All right. So I'm Allie and thank you for having me here. I'm super excited to talk with you because you're right. I love our conversations. And so I am from Massachusetts and I just genuinely have a passion for people. Like when somebody asks me like, who am I? What do I do? I don't jump to some title of a job or something. Mm -hmm. My response is I have a passion for people I'm a total observer, teacher, encourager, a warrior, a connector, love bringing people together and supporting each other and just cheering each other on. Uh, I consider myself a pretty creative person. I love art and watercolor and embroidery and totally into nature. I say I would live in a tree house house if I could. Love fresh air, love getting outside. So those are a few little fun things about me. And I'm excited to really get into this today. Absolutely. I am too. And uh, one of the things that I wanted you to uh, to touch on is uh, just you're one of the most active people I've ever met, you know, and um, and just your energy, you know, you were, you know, your coach, like you, you already mentioned, um, Definitely one of the most athletic. Can you just talk about, you know, uh, your your experiences in terms of fitness, what that journey, you know, uh, has been like, you know, maybe let's just say growing up, right? What were some of your sports, some of your activities and such? 
Sure. So I consider my life a pretty interesting journey of physical activity and health because when I was a kid, I was actually overweight and I hated all physical activity. I know. Surprise. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I actually like I dreaded PE class. I hated all of it. But then when I got into middle school and then high school and so forth, I really got into sports. So soccer, field hockey, basketball, softball. I just did like anything and everything I could. And I played collegiate field hockey. And then after graduating, of course, you kind of go out on your own into the fitness world and really have to be your own advocate for health. You're not just Mm. on a team anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to really be proactive. So I was a total gym rat. If you wanted me to go to a CrossFit class, I'd be there. I was a a Zumba instructor. I was a stand-up paddleboard instructor. Uh, I would run every day. I would run like 70 miles a week. Mm. I had a goal one year. I wanted to run every day for 365 days. I did all but three. So I had all these crazy, (laughs) insane goals. A lot of my friends were all based around the fitness community. We would all Mm. work out together. We would have small groups together, build our faith around that too. Mm -hmm. And uh, my jobs were also all physical activity based. So I was an elementary PE teacher loved educating the little kids on becoming passionate about Mm -hmm. finding their niche within what they like to do for physical activity. Mm -hmm. And I was a high school field hockey and softball and track coach. Mm -hmm. I switched the spring seasons along the way. I, like I already said, I was a Zuba instructor, a Mm stand-up paddleboard instructor. My only non-fitness job was a kids ministry director. So Yeah, lots of physical activity leading up and then sustaining a brain injury. Everything changed after that. Yeah. And uh, man, wow. And like I said, I think I knew you were one of the most active people I've ever met. But after hearing everything you just said, wow. Like just even the goals, right? Like 70 miles a week. First of all, like not, that's not a casual thing to do. Like I'm thinking because I've I've ran a few marathons and I'm thinking that was my training regimen. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I would train to run a marathon every weekend. Like I'd wake up on Saturdays and run 20 to 22 miles for fun. Like that's, that's <laughs> on my own. Wild. Like who does that? <laughs> Allie. <laughs> wow. It's all good. Give myself a medal at the end. <laughs> that is cool. So what would you say was one of your, I mean, I know Zumba is probably one of the funniest things. I've, I've never, oh, I've actually done Zumba one time, but like I, when I watch the instructors, they look like they're having so much fun. Like, how? what would you say were one of your favorite activities to do, whether it's Zumba or even sports-wise? Is it, you know, um, you said lacrosse. You play, you play lacrosse too, right? Oh, uh, it was field hockey. Field hockey, um, okay. Yeah, what were some of your favorite enough. things? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, they're all so unique. I don't mm-hmm. know if I could pick a favorite per se because they're fun in different ways. So definitely mm-hmm. what I – okay. Sure. Yeah. Top top sport to play would be field hockey. And then okay. top physical activity for fun mm-hmm. that I enjoyed would, would be Zumba. So Zumba, yes. something like field hockey, I really enjoyed for the team collaboration and obviously the, the drive behind that and, and wanting to be the best field hockey player you can mm. be, right? And then Zumba, I loved the creativity in it. And how you mm-hmm. could just genuinely be yourself. Cause that's what mm-hmm. I'm all about is being yourself. So mm-hmm. I would choreograph dances and show up and just Boy. 
bring joy to physical activity, both as the elementary PE teacher and a Zoom instructor. I think Mm -hmm. those are my top passions, bring joy to physical activity. And this is why your your story is so unique, Allie, because, you know, and and that's one of the main reasons why I also want to talk about challenges and just overcoming. I mean, this whole entire topic, this episode is really about overcoming adversity I, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about different titles, reclaiming your health, and also the the will to survive. It's really a story of survival, especially from someone who is as just energetic as active, right? You were moving a hundred miles per hour, and then speaking of life changing, this is something that people don't think about. You know, as active as we are, as we're moving in our everyday life, we don't realize that all it takes is a second for everything your whole what you like your whole life to change and really what we're here to talk this is this this podcast is called my fitness journey and it's here it's a podcast it's a storytelling platform to to share perspective to share light on other aspect of fitness right the both the positive and the negative or on uh, the lessons right and uh, the success stories the why's behind you know everything that we do and your story is extremely unique because you come, you know, like you said, you t- you told us everything about your your story, your journey, your fitness journey, and then the tragedy, which we'll talk about. And it's just talking about life changing experience. And really, you are the definition of really why this show exists, and 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 redefining what it means to be fit. And I think that's the reason why I started this podcast because social media doesn't really have do well at at sharing light on what it really means to be fit and the idea that my journey is different than yours. And even like within your personal journey, there's always a shift, right? There's a season to that journey. And you are the perfect example of how that shift, you know, we're currently experiencing that shift and you're currently going through that journey. And I'm here to really highlight that journey, you know? And so just to kind of transition into really what happened? So my from my perspective, I remember, uh, like I said, Alan and I went to the same church. Like it was very hard to miss Allie in the room. <laughs> just your smile, your energy, your attitude, just you know, it just takes over the room. And then I remember just all, boom, like out of nowhere, no Allie. And I I think it was almost a year, almost two years later, just always wondering where is Allie. And I think I saw your post. I saw a post. Uh, on Facebook, that's when it really kind of clicked. Like, oh my gosh, you know, that's what happened. You know, so that being said, what did happen to Allie? Yes. So I sustained a brain injury back in 2016. I was struck in the face by a steel commercial door, uh, complete accident, and uh, unfortunately sustained a traumatic brain injury from that. Mm. And then later on in that year, as I was recovering from that one, I actually sustained an additional one. and had a medication reaction. So I ended up this girl that we were just describing, right. Being super, like literally the energizer bunny running literally. And (laughs) uh, as a pun all over the place, um, I ended up in the hospital at a 10% functioning level. So no more Zumba, no more running, no more teaching phys ed, none of that going completely to not even being able to walk and then having to rehab back from that. And to the point today, fast forward 
what, five and a half years now, I'm still working on being back on my feet. You know, mm -hmm. I can walk now, which is praise God for that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been such wow. a journey, but like you said, really redefining what is health, what are my intentions with mm -hmm. it? Uh, what am I honoring within it? And how can I still participate in physical activities and have them be joyful mm -hmm. yet look different than what I did before? Right. And that's exactly some of the things I want to talk about. It's really what what that definition of fitness looks like now. And for me, kind of just observing your journey, um, it's been fun to watch. It's been very insp inspirational to watch because you are using so many different avenues, so many different resources, so many different platforms to continue to bring that joy to people. And and it's amazing for me to watch. Uh, but what I would love to get into kind of just already explaining like the changes and what happened. Um, what, how, I guess how, yeah, you already kind of mentioned it with, um, with just how life changed in terms of going from very active to really having a, do you say 10% activity level? Is that what it was? That's, I mean, how for you, right? Someone who is one of the most athletic people, how did that impact you? How, I guess, how did life change for you and how were you dealing with it mentally and physically? That is like, the thousand dollar question, right? Million yeah. dollar question, maybe even because, right, how do you go from a mile a minute to yeah. being in a hospital bed and being told you're not even allowed to get out of the bed by yourself, right? So, from a physical perspective, I mm -hmm. think the challenge in that especially lies in the body needing to adjust, right? Mm. So when you're doing so much physical activity, I mean, it affects your hormones, it affects mm -hmm. those cortisol levels, your adrenals, like everything's Everything. running off of fuel, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So ending up in that position of being only at a 10% functioning level, that's one thing the body is physiologically going through change where it's like, I think I should be running, but I'm in a hospital bed. So what do I do with this energy? And I would have these like severe muscle contractions and those were literally like working out to me. Um, wow. So from a, from a physical standpoint, I definitely went through some, a very large amount of adjustment period mm -hmm. uh, physiologically. And then from an emotional standpoint, Man. I have to say one of the most challenging things for me when it came to that were actually people commenting to me, oh, we can't wait to get the old alley back. Oh, I, I hate that. It was tough, man, right? Like you already know you're in a position of being removed from everything in your life and what you were doing. So, and setting new intentions, like at a time where my intention was just to be able to like move my foot, people want saying, oh, I can't wait to paddleboard with you again, or work out with you again or things like that. And I'll say, okay, I, I get that because that's how we relate with each other maybe, or yeah, those are things we used yeah. to do together. Yeah. Uh, that was really tough for me emotionally. And mm. I had to kind of advocate for myself and say, well, this is where I am now. And I'm going to wow. slowly start setting new goals over and over and over again. I'm going to set those intentions. So mm. instead of looking back at what I was doing, if you could please help me to focus on what my current goals are, let's Thank do you. that. Thank so you. let's set the intention of yes. right now, yes. here's where I am. Yes. My goal is to be able to walk to the bathroom. Yes. Like, okay, in 10 years, if we can go for a hike, cool. Right. I will go for a hike with you, but I will never be the person I was yesterday. Nobody right. is. Right. No. 
Wow. Oh, man. That's... Yeah, that... Whenever you say that, that literally, it's just it, a cringe to hear that, you know? Um, and people, it's not meant to be negative, right? They come from a good place. But it's just the lack of awareness sometimes and just language is very important i mean of course i'm i'm very cautious of the things that i say and just how i deliver certain things because i've been taught to think that way i've gone through years of diversity training and it's and sensitivity training right so i'm mindful about the things i say and how it impacts other people not the average person having experienced that I want to jump in on that, actually, because something that I've learned along the way with this, with word choice, I I'm, mm-hmm. agree with you, words are so powerful. Mm-hmm. I learned, too, that so many people, one, we absolutely need to celebrate our successes, right? And every mm-hmm. victory along the way, no matter how big or small, when somebody celebrates a victory and tells somebody that they completed uh, this thing, whether it be a marathon, mm-hmm. or maybe they got off the couch and went for a walk today, great. What I have realized is so many times our immediate reaction tends to be, okay, what's next? And, mm. that's, and that too is in all, we should talk about that, right? Mm. But we also kind of need to just take a moment to celebrate what just <laughs> happened. Good. Like, that is good. Know people's goals, know their intentions, of course, yes. but let's also not jump ahead. Like celebrate so the current moment and, and really hone in on that victory give it a little pause, then maybe talk about the future, but don't just jump right to the future. Like celebrate mm-hmm. every everything, every accomplishment along the way, right? That is so good. That's such a great point to make. Um, yeah, I, that's funny that you say that because <laughs> I haven't really thought about that in terms of just people always asking like, what's next, right? Um, and I think that's something that comes with it's experience wisdom is realizing the importance. And one of my favorite book, actually, uh, well, one of my favorite leadership talks by Bishop Dill Burner, it talks it like there's a whole entire section about celebrating small successes, right? And what gets celebrated gets done and the importance of doing that. And to your point, let me enjoy this moment <laughs> and take it one step at a time. So that's a, and one of the things that people just don't think about the things that they say but the intentions are good, especially when it comes to family. You know, they just want to be able to celebrate with you, but they also have to realize that things have changed and life as we know it, it's gonna be redefined. It has to be redefined, you know? So yes, they the, the didn't mean it in a negative way, but from, from I imagine like how you were dealing with it emotionally, like I'm already going through it now. It's like, I have to think about how life was and what I'm lacking or my disabilities rather than my abilities and what I could do with them, you know? So I definitely hear you on that. Um, and then, so so I know that was a challenge, um, you know, kind of dealing with people's responses to how life was and not really understanding what the future looks like for you. Uh, what are some of like really toughest, some of the toughest of the toughest days for you, whether it's time in a hospital, outside the hospital and transport, like what, what can you share some light on some of those days? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, whether it be from day one or even till now, I mean, there's definitely those days of challenges and the frustration. And a lot of times for me personally, they end up uh, probably full of tears. And I'm somebody who is working on this, but I tend to kind of isolate myself when Mm. 
I'm going through those tough times because I just kind of almost get disappointed or frustrated. And they're, they're really varied throughout the whole journey. I mean, at the beginning, the challenges more so lied in like understanding what the heck is going on. I didn't really know nobody else around me could really define what I was going through. And I felt alone mm-hmm. because nobody around me had ever gone through what I've gone through either. So I felt Mm -hmm. very, very alone. And um, thankfully, I'm somebody who from a mindset perspective, like, even if it's a small goal, I'm going to go ahead and achieve that small goal. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to set another one and set another one. So I've always had that mindset, which is great. I remember being in rehab and then being like, do you even know what's going on? Like, you don't, Mm -hmm. you, you don't seem upset. Like you, you haven't cried. You have, you, you wake up joyful every day. Like, how do you do it? And I would just point to my Bible because I couldn't talk at the time. Mm. So I just point to my Bible, like that's how I do it. And so in my deepest, darkest times, really just jumping to scripture and re- reminding myself, like, mm-hmm. I know God's got me through all of this. So whether mm. I am in a hospital bed or fast forward five and a half years sitting here mm-hmm. talking to you today, like, if I end up in a tough situation today, like I, I got this because how God made me. And if, mm-hmm. if I'm brought to it, he'll bring me through it. And mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's all the ups and downs. I have days where I want to wake up and I do want to just go for a run down the street. Mm-hmm. And I allow myself, here's the important part, right? Mm-hmm. You allow yourself to go through the process of the emotions because okay. if I was, I used to be somebody who would just stuff them all the time, stuff them away, bury the emotions. Mm-hmm. And what happens? It all just builds up over time and then comes out all at once. So, mm-hmm. Over the process, uh, if I get frustrated or if I'm really not achieving one of those goals that I want to be achieving, then I allow myself to go through those emotions, uh, talk it out with someone, Mm. uh, cry if I need to. And I've had many days like that. And I'm very real about it. I'll, I'll post about it on social media. Mm-hmm. I'll, not everything. Right. Of course, no one needs to know everything. I'll call up a friend, counseling, mm-hmm. whatever it takes like to work through those days. Man, and, uh, and I can't wait to talk about those days where, you know, you, you now you, I mean, in terms of you being, you know, sharing your story, sharing your light um, and being vulnerable, right? And, and. I can't wait to talk about that and how you're doing that now. Um, but also something that you said that really just kind of hit home for me, especially from a male perspective, because this is something that we're good. This is something we're not good at and society doesn't uh, celebrate it very often is you said allowing yourself to go through the process of emotions. Man, that is such a powerful statement. Like who everyone needs that message. From a teenager, especially from a teenager, you're right, who are completely confused on what they're even experiencing uh, or what they're going through, to everyday adult, especially as a male, where being emotional and, and expressing that is taboo, right? I guess the times have changed and it, it, it is changing, but from a male perspective, this is what most people deal with. And I think that's such a profound statement, allowing yourself to go through that process of emotions. Yes. And I want to jump in on that too, because what I learned along the way, this, this was a huge mindset shift for me post brain injury. Mm. I never thought about this before when I describe all the running and the working out and the activity that I did, 
I never realized, never took the time to sit down and reflect on the fact that like, Allie, why deep, deeply, not what mm. you're lying to yourself about what your why is, but if you're completely honest with yourself, what is your why behind mm. all of that? The majority of people, if you strip away the mask and they are completely vulnerable, will mm. most times say, oh, wow, you know, it's actually out of comparison. It's mm -hmm. comparison to society. It's comparison mm -hmm. to the person at the gym next to me. Oh, I want to lift just that little bit more. Or it's the person I'm running a race with. I want to beat that one person ahead of me, right? Or it is a comparison fact in, in terms of body image. And again, this is male and female. This is not just a female scenario. Um, if you were to strip away all society and you were the only human being, you would have nothing to compare yourself to. So mm -hmm. then what would you think of yourself? you'd probably be celebrating a lot more than you used yeah, to, yeah, right? Yeah. When I, that comparison just stopped literally because of a closed door <laughs> on my face. Mm -hmm. um, but what happened too in that process for me was in that why, Ali, is part of your why honoring God, right? Is it honoring mm -hmm. who you've been made to be? And I think a lot of times frustration, disappointment, the emotion that's being hidden that really mm -hmm. does need to be processed out mm -hmm. does come from either that comparison or the goal being for the wrong intention. And if it can come back to your why, then you'll go much further. When you can define your why, Mm -hmm. you'll go much further. So now I wake up every day and still go through that emotional process about where am I? Where do I want to be? How am I feeling about it? Mm -hmm. Then also to remind myself, I am the vessel that God cre created me to be. Let's and go. my number one goal is to honor what that is without comparison to another mm -hmm. single human being. I am mm -hmm. where I am. You are where you are. I'm going to support right. you in your journey. I'm going to cheer you on and I'm going to be me at the same time. That's so good. Let's dive more into the whys. This is perfect because you already started talking about that. And uh, some of the whys, like you you already mentioned, um, you know, the days where you, when you couldn't speak, you would point out your Bible, right? Um, I just want to dive more, you know, deeper into that. Like, how do you find a mental capacity to keep fighting? You know, I, I, let's talk about like, really the will to fight and um and where does that come from for you like what you know what other inspirations are there for you on like the toughest of the toughest days that we talk about to have that mindset shift or to continue within that positive mindset shift why and 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 uh, how absolutely i uh this is a question that i i sometimes find myself struggling to answer and here's mm. why i literally feel like i was born that way Mm -hmm. uh, my entire life, I have always had that fighter mentality. Like mm -hmm. I will not give up. It has been something mm -hmm. in me from day one. It has been part of how God created me from day one. And I look to scripture when I'm having a tough time and I need to improve that mindset, that will, I will use verses from the Bible. I will remind myself, I'll look back at the people in the Bible. And actually the, about year two of my journey, when I was in the hospital, I read the story of Job. I can't even tell you how many times because I related to it so much. And I, and I, I said, okay, Allie, here's somebody in the Bible you're, you're relating to right now. And what did that look like? Your faith being challenged and circumstances in your life being challenged. Do you stay faithful? And in the end are rewarded for that. So going to scripture, 
relating to people in the Bible. That is like my number one. And then, but the other piece of it too is knowing your purpose. Mm. That is a huge, if you don't know your purpose, and again, going back to your why, if you don't mm-hmm. have your own intentions, if you're not doing it for you mm-hmm. in honoring who God created you to be, there's probably going to be a lack of fighting mentality there because then who are you fighting for? If you're not fighting for Mm. yourself, who are you fighting for? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people will say, you know, I'm running this race for so-and-so and and I'm doing this for so-and-so. And And there's people that have done that for me. And I, that's amazing. I honor that run the race to honor someone. Right. Mm -hmm. But also run the race with your own intention and your own goal and recognizing your ability within Mm. that. You can't go through life only doing things for other people or in comparison to other people. Yeah. So I wake up every day saying, Allie, for yourself, what do you need to do? Mm. So I feel like stripping away, trying to achieve all these big goals for other people. Other people, yeah. Helps me stay grounded in, Allie, your fight for today is one Mm. step for you in honoring Mm -hmm. who God made you to be. That is so good. That is so good. And then in terms of, you know, I'm sure... There, there have been so many lessons, right, that you learn, whether it's um, through your recovery uh, at the hospital or because, I mean, in terms of your mobility, right, there's so many things that your mind wants to do, but your body says, I'm not ready yet, you know? So so I'll let you answer this question from, you know, from a spiritual perspective, physically, mental, emotional, uh, however direction you want to take it. But what will be some of the lessons you say you've learned through this journey? Oh my goodness. So many. Uh, I'll have to write a book. <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> um, man, this is why I use social media the way I do because mm-hmm. lessons come every day and I just, mm-hmm. I share them on there. Um, but there are a few big ones for me. One is you're worth it. I am mm-hmm. worth it. That is mm-hmm. a huge lesson I learned. If I didn't feel like I was worth it, mm-hmm. I was not as driven. Like wow. I am worth it. You are worth it every step of the way. Another one being, especially because you're worth it, the advocacy piece. Mm. You have to advocate for yourself. So whether it be in your job, in your relationships, in literally in your workouts with other people, anything, leadership, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to know yourself Mm-hmm. You need to advocate for yourself because not everyone's going to understand you or where you're coming from and nobody can read your mind. So mm-hmm. communication and advocacy are keys to success mm-hmm. in community and relationships with people. So those would be a couple. And then mm-hmm. within those relationships, I've learned that a couple other lessons are the importance of setting boundaries Right. Even if we talk about this from like a fitness perspective, like what are your boundaries around that? Do you have Mm -hmm. boundaries? Do you have Mm -hmm. boundaries for your personal self and like your nutrition and your workouts? And Mm -hmm. do you have boundaries when it comes to other people or do you just go with what everybody else wants you to do sort of thing? Mm -hmm. And how intentional are you being with relationships? Do you, Mm -hmm. here's a big one. Here's a big one. And you touched it on this at the beginning, Noah. Do you only see people because of a common ground Mm -hmm. of a physical location. Do you, do your relationships come from saying, I'll see you at church on Sunday. I'll see you at the gym on Monday. I'll Mm -hmm. see you at work on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Or are your relationships beyond that? Because if Mm -hmm. those things are gone, if your job is gone tomorrow, if you change churches, if you go to a different gym, do you still have relationships or were they Mm -hmm. based on location? So being wow. very intentional about all your relationships in life. 
And I'll say lastly, for now, I'll say the other big lesson I learned, which I think is pretty evident at this point, mm-hmm. is the concept of slowing down. Oh, there is yes. no shame <laughs> in slowing down. The most miraculous Ooh. things happen in those margins, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I, you, you, that hit me hard. Because, and you know, from an athlete perspective, you, and I imagine you had to come to terms with that. And that's my biggest fear is, because I don't even know what that even means. (laughs) Let's be real. I I didn't used to know either. (laughs) I really don't. And sometimes God uses certain, you know, things and stories and experiences to really slow us down. But I have to, and that's something that I'm working. That's been my number one goal. You talked a lot about just intentionality and slowing down and doing things for you and not always for others, right? Um, it's when you have a service heart that like you and I do, it's hard for us to, st- one, stop moving, and then two, really be selfish, right? But we, we, we have to take care of us first in order for us to take care of others, you know? And that's something that I'm learning this year, 2021, as hard as it's been, I'm sure for the other people who were constantly seeing me and seeing me do things for them, they're struggling with it. I, I realized that I needed to slow down, be more intentional, and really kind of hone in on who am I and who I want to be moving forward and also setting the stage for the next level, family, right? And and what that looks like. Uh, me as a dad, what do what does that look like? How active, you know, it's just so so I'm this is the season I'm in and as an athlete I struggle with and literally Ali, like this is how bad it is. On days, weekends, like today where I'm gonna spend most of it focusing on me, what I wanna do, right? Uh and focusing on my personal journey. My brain doesn't stop moving. Like I'm thinking, like, what else am I supposed to be doing? Like I cannot sit on the couch and just and just enjoy watching TV. It's just there's like a list going through my head of I don't feel productive right now. And that's such a problem. And so I'm so glad that you brought that up because so many people could relate to it, especially as athletes. Um, and but sometimes God just kind of steps in and be like, all right, buddy, you know. <laughs> we got to do this differently. I agree. And here's the thing too, is intentional time is productive. Mm, what, like, how that. do you find productivity when you have a mm-hmm. result to show people? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, Are you still being productive if you can't show somebody your workout on Instagram or you can't go high five someone at the gym? Or if you're not mm. celebrating what you're doing with another human being and, and telling them, are you still being productive? That's the mm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So internalizing and saying and redefining productivity, like yes, to, for me, so it's productive good. to wake up and have a morning routine and set mm-hmm. myself the best I can be for the day. It is productive to meditate and be in prayer. It's productive to sit outside and read a book because mm-hmm. all of those things are adding to who I am and Mm. helping me to be the best human that I can be. So just because Mm. I'm not around other human beings, it doesn't mean I'm not productive. Mm -hmm. So good. Oh man, this is why I'm so excited. I was so excited. And I mentioned it before before we started that you you were one of the most profound people I've ever met. And I'm glad that the audience, my audience, you know, whoever's listening to this is getting to hear exactly what I'm talking about. You are, I cannot wait to read your book, your books, just listen to your speaks, your your talks, you know, 
you know, and uh, and really I can't wait to start talking about the next steps. But I wanted this is not something that I had planned. But as we were having, as we were talking, and I meant to ask you earlier, uh, because I've been here so many times uh, for me in my faith where I just stopped asking why me? You know, I stopped questioning God and more so my life has shifted. And I think I'm at a place of just fulfillment because I'm listening to God more. And so I want to ask you the ultimate question. Do you ever think or you ever thought about why this happened to you? Mm, so, right. That is, again, the one of the top questions that people ask in, in when they face challenges. And I personally have never questioned why am I going through this? Why Mm. am I the one to experience? Honestly, I've never been like, why did it have to be me? Because here's Mm. the thing. I'm so firm in believing Mm -hmm. that God will always bring me through and he will use every single Mm. tiny or huge circumstance Mm -hmm. to the best of his glory. And Mm. if I'm chosen as that vessel, all glory to him. I am okay. I was in multiple hospital rooms, especially Mm. over the year of 2017, 2017, 2018. Uh, I was inpatient twice. I was in the neuro ICU. I was Mm. in the neurology unit another time. Like I probably have a total of like, I don't know if you add up all the times in a hospital, three to four months worth of being in hospitals. And I was, I was ending up Mm. in so many different locations too. Like if I passed out here, I'd be at this hospital. (laughs) I need to go to Boston. I'm at that hospital. Mm -hmm. And there was one moment in, so the beginning of 2017, that's when I had first was at that 10% functioning level. I was in the neurology unit. Uh, I was so far gone. I don't even know what I was thinking then. Mm -hmm. I went to inpatient rehab at Spalding in Boston. I got discharged back home. I was only home for one month. And at that time, I thought to myself, this must be the worst of it. Like things can only go up from here, right? Mm -hmm. Well, after only one month of being home, I ended up back in the neuro ICU. Mm -hmm. And when I was in the hospital that time, I was praying and I said, God, what am I doing here? Mm. What is it? So instead of why, what is it that Mm. you're trying to do in me, through me, for me, for Uh others, to others? What is it that you're trying to do? And what I received was the most simple phrase of be a light. Mm. And and you are going in all these facilities Mm. for a reason. And I had to believe that. I had to trust that. I had to trust like I am here because God has a will, even if I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. So I have definitely asked, what am I supposed to be learning through this Mm. rather than questioning God, why me? Right. So like, Mm -hmm. what do you want to do in and through me in this? And I've learned a ton of lessons along the way with that. And really, really, really having to trust that process of God has a will in it. And even if I don't see it right now, I will it someday, whether on heaven, when on earth or in heaven, Mm -hmm. that will come to fruition. And you know, those moments Mm -hmm. in life where you look back and you're like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. In the moment, it can feel frustrating because you're like, what the heck is this? Yeah. But looking back on the times of overcoming and when you did receive those answers about Mm -hmm. what that scenario meant for you and what you learned from it, those are the examples to think of in the moment. Mm. Like, I'll look back on this. I've Mm -hmm. got I've gotten something out of this. Oh, man, that's wow. Um, One, I'm definitely glad I answered that question because I got 
way more than I ever imagined to receive. And there's just so many, just so many gems in everything you just said. The the part of being a light and just hearing that message, I, I definitely want to touch on that to see where, you know, how are you fulfilling that message, right? But I wanted to uh to reflect on something that you said and it just it just crossed my mind. It might come back later on, but I guess where are you now in your recovery? Whether it's you know medically, um I see your like I said, I've been watching and and watching us in you know through social media, which I'm excited to kind of tap into that next. And that might be part of the the light, right? Um, but I guess where are you now in that journey medically? You know, uh, what are the doctors saying in terms of, so I guess, yeah, oh, that actually leads to, since we started off with being at a 10% function level, because I'm more about stats. Like, I think, like, I'm a visual learner, right? So when you speak in numbers, I see it, tan- like, it's like it becomes tangible in my mind. Um, so so where are you now in terms of your function level? That, and that's really what I meant by the question, where are you in your recovery medically? Sure. So, you know, what's actually really cool is, at a neurology appointment that I had about, it could have been like a year and a half actually ago at this point, because time just flies, man. Mm-hmm. But um, I walked into, it was a new neurologist. I walked into his office. I sat down and he was like, you look kind of familiar. And I said, you do too. Mm-hmm. And he looked at my chart and he goes, wow. He goes, I was one of the doctors on the team when you were in the hospital at a 10% functioning level. Wow. And he goes, and now here you are in my office at like a 70% functioning level. And we celebrated that hardcore. Wow. Like he saw me at the worst and he was mm. seeing me progress. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was about wow. a year and a half ago, I would say. So at this point, uh, I hold numbers on the opposite. Numbers are kind of challenging for me. Uh, maybe 80%, I would say, if you, if you want to put a number to it. But yeah. I am at the point where in terms of fitness and that like physical involvement, I my, going for short walks in my neighborhood a couple times a day is part of my fitness. And mm. starting my day with simple core and like those horizontal movements on a mm. mat, mm-hmm. stretching it every morning and um, throughout the day doing a little bit of resistance band exercises to start getting muscle mass back. So that's where I'm at physically. And some days I honestly have to use a wheelchair if I want to like go to a bike path or go Mm -hmm. somewhere where people are walking for a longer distance in order to take part of that. That's what I have to do. But Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's where I'm at right now physically. Okay. And then, and then, I I had this question written out differently, but you know you mentioned because I like I said I'm I'm someone who I feel like I hear from God very often, and I've learned to listen more. I've been writing more uh, on wide range of topics, whether it's sermons or speeches. I don't really know what what I'm writing for, but I just receive and I write specific topics. And if it ever comes, if it ever becomes a situation where it becomes a speech, you know, or it becomes a sermon or it becomes like a a panel talk or whatever it is, the preparation, you're huge on preparation. And I've learned so much about, you know, like your mindset when it comes to preparation. And so that's where I think I've started to practice that more because of some of the conversations that we've had and be more intentional about 
living in that preparation, right? So I don't know what's going to come of it, but when I receive, I receive certain topics and messages from God that's just like burning in my heart and I will think about it for days and immediately I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. I get it. <laughs> that's, that's next. All right. So I go and put it on my list of topics that I want to write about and really kind of reflect on really what that means, which now kind of brings back to the, the reflection that I wanted to have earlier. The shift from asking the why to the what. That is so profound because the what tells you that I've accepted I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. Like, I get it. You're trying to tell me something. I don't know what it is. So what is it? And how can you use me? How am I supposed to be used? You know, what exactly, or what's the lesson here? And that shift, it's almost, it's so empowering. And I see that with your experience of the message, when you were asking for that why, I mean, that what, right? Be a light. Like that just, that just brings me chills, you know? And so like, what, how have you been accepting that? How have you been walking into that light, you know, or being a light, you know? And what are some things uh, are you doing that is really kind of, kind of like, I guess, fulfilling, you know, or at least just carrying on God's will and like that, what does that message really means to you and where, where has it brought you right now? Ooh, this is such a passion of mine. So thank you for asking. And I'll answer that be a light portion in a moment here. And I, and I want to quickly touch on, here we go, right? It's heavy on my heart. This is something that it just comes from God and, and totally unplanned sort of thing. But as we talk about this, there's so many people out there who, whether it was like me ending, ending up in the hospital after a brain injury, or somebody has a knee injury, somebody gets sick, somebody, I don't know, goes on vacation a lot. A lot of people tend to struggle with taking a break from what they were doing. Mm. And a big part of that is feeling like there's no purpose in it. Mm. Like, okay, I sustained a knee injury. I'm no longer the softball player I was. I'm letting my team down. I, uh, I'm i not going to be able to play again for a year or something like that. Like those are all very real emotions and reflections and there's space to honor that. And what I want to encourage people is if you're in a scenario like that, where you're maybe feeling a little bit removed from some sort of physical activity for various reasons, you, there's still a purpose in what you're doing at the moment. Mm. So part of the purpose might be working on your mindset. Part of the purpose might be showing other people that you can overcome come because they need to be inspired too. Part of it might be your softball team needs to learn how to step up when you're not there. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many things that can mm. be learned when people do get removed from scenarios that they're used to. If you're a runner and you need to take a day off from running because something happened, maybe you get the flu, uh, like there's purpose in that. Like go ahead yeah. and take a break from your running. So there's, there's still purpose in what you're doing, even if you mm. feel almost like mm. at a minimum or zero capacity because, mm -hmm. and here's where I'll transition to the be a light. When I was in a hospital bed, from a physical standpoint, I felt like what, what use am I to the world? Mm -hmm. What use am I to the world when I can't do anything physically? I can't go anywhere. I'm not on a stage public speaking. How mm -hmm. am I impacting the world anymore? What on, what is even my purpose? Lord, like mm -hmm. I need a purpose right now. Like, what is the point? Mm -hmm. And that's when he spoke to me, be a light. And I realized mm -hmm. that while I may not have physically been able to get out of a hospital bed, what I could do was smile at mm -hmm. every person who came in my room. You know, the janitor that comes and cleans a hospital room. How many times does someone thank them? 
They probably mm-hmm. get mad at them for making noise when they change the garbage bag. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I had a hard time with that, but <laughs> I had a hard time with that noise. And that stood out to me. But like to thank that person, thank the janitor who's cleaning the room, thank the nurse who is probably being pulled in a thousand different directions mm-hmm. and honor her instead of just complaining all the time. Like that's part of being a light by honoring mm-hmm. the people around you, by smiling at, at passerbys. And even if you're in the midst of a frustrating situation, it's okay to be there, but still be a light, still raise yourself above that as you work through it. And so for me, the concept of being a light has transitioned from that hospital room to the real outside world Mm. where the smiles and the thank yous and the honoring the people in the hospital room became my community. It Mm. was deeper relationships with family and friends. It was my local town and support, my church family. And then it expanded into social media. So Mm. it was a very slow progression. I did not just jump from a hospital bed to social media. Yeah. And now I'm at the point where for me, being a light is Mm. I say, wake up and show up. I wake up Mm. every day Show up to the things that I'm called to do, be obedient to what the things I'm called to do and love everyone around me. That doesn't mean breaking boundaries and just doing what other people say and people pleasing. No, people pleasing is not a victory. Mm. Um, That's a barrier. So Mm -hmm. being a light means loving others, honoring others, sharing how you're feeling with others, spreading the word and being Jesus with skin on to everyone Mm. around you. So I'll do that in my Jesus with skin on. Yeah. Love that. Yep. I'll do that in my community. When I'm walking down the street, I'll ask my neighbors what their names are and then say hi to them every day. That's being mm. a light. I will jump on Instagram and do an Instagram live, or I will be in a concussion community mm-hmm. circumstance and, and encourage them. And to me, all of that is being a light. That's amazing. Um, and I see that. I see, without even telling me, I see how you have been a light. And you've told me stories. And I actually would love to talk a little bit more about that, specifically in the context of Clubhouse and TikTok, right? And those are the platforms that you are using to be a light. Can you talk a little bit more about how you're utilizing both platforms and, and getting into these different communities and sharing your stories and also getting to listen to other people's stories and how it's impacting you? Sure. So from that social media perspective, Clubhouse has become such a big blessing, especially for, uh, I started a club, uh, the brain injury community. We've been doing it for seven months now, every single week, every, Mm. every Wednesday afternoon, showing up and creating a space for, Mm -hmm. we say to people, however you feel like you relate to this community, it can be a brain injury survivor. It can be a family member, a friend of somebody who wants to learn. It can be a professional, a caregiver, anyone across the board, you can come to our room. And even if you've never sustained a brain injury, we do a topic each week. And I can tell you every human being in the world could absolutely benefit from the conversations there because they're real life conversations. Mm -hmm. But it also at the same time gives a space of relatability to other people who have sustained brain injuries to feel like they're not alone. Mm -hmm. So we show up every single week encouraging and listening, Mm -hmm. listening to people's stories and what they have to share, uh, whether it's an idea or what they've been through, sharing strategies and how to overcome. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do on Clubhouse. I have to admit, I'm actually not on TikTok, I, but I am on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So instead of like doing TikTok and sending it to Instagram, right, I right. just make, I do 
Instagram reels and I make them all on Instagram to keep my uh, screen time down. But Mm -hmm. on Instagram, I do regular posts, stories, reels, lives, and all of it. My goal is to be real, authentic. So Mm -hmm. same thing there, right? To be authentic, to encourage people that they are more than a label, that they are more than what they've been through, and -hmm. that there's absolutely hope Mm -hmm. for the future. So good. Um, and since we're on that topic, right, where can they find you, especially on Clubhouse or, or Instagram? What uh, Do you mind giving your handles to the people to see if they could follow your journey? Sure. So on Clubhouse, I think it's just Ali Rayum because mm-hmm. I've joined when it first opened. So that was available. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's just Ali Rayum and it's the Brain Injury Community Club. And then on Instagram, it's at Allison.Rayum. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm sure there's so many people who are going to listen to this and be inspired by you and where how far you've come and where you're going and definitely want to uh, celebrate that success with you, you know, but at the same time, use you as a resource. You know, um, and which is why I love the what you guys are doing on Clubhouse and building that community for others to come in and share their stories. Um, this is why I do this. You know, podcasting. It's an opportunity to build a community and provide that resource to others, but also get to listen to stories like yours. You know, it's it's a storytelling platform, really redefining what it means to be fit. And so people could start to think differently and redefine their definition of fitness become a more personalized definition rather than what social media, Instagram, and Instagram models are telling you fitness is. So good. Um, (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I agree with that. And that is why I will show up on Instagram as who I am and exactly try to encourage people like just be you don't don't compare yourself. You don't know people's stories and what they're getting paid for. Like the people that get paid to work out, like don't compare yourselves to them and feel free to join me in adaptive seated dancing instead if you want. (laughs) That's so cool. Yes. (laughs) That's one of the things that I've been loving about you and watching your journey is like this, your passions are still there. You know, I you love to see you dance, and that's something that's always been passionate. You've always been passionate about. We talked about Zumba earlier, and you're still doing it. <laughs> you know, and you're really kind of using some of the dark days to bring light. You know, bringing light to some of the dark experiences that you've had. I one of the things that stuck out completely. <laughs> I love your sense of humor, and one of the things that I saw most recently was you had you you posted a video something relating to parking in a handicap. It's just oh like the gosh, whole went viral. Really? <laughs> oh my. Yes. 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 So my goal in 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 being an advocate is that's Uh another big goal of mine. And I made a reel to the uh, Britney Spears circus song with Uh the lyrics of "All Eyes on Me" in the center of the ring, just like a circus. And it was simply like seven seconds. It was just me getting out of the car while parked in a handicapped parking spot, Uh but without seeing any mobility aids. So people tend to question, like, why is that person parking there? I don't see their disability. So that's why the song playing in the background of like I feel like I feel like I'm in a circus like people are just watching me because they're questioning Uh why are you parking there Uh and showing up and being that advocate and and sharing that funny but very real scenario no pun intended there real yeah yeah Um, (laughs) it went viral it that's it's insane i'm gonna have to go back to and watch that and see how many views is on there that's cool but uh yeah that was one of the ones that kind of stuck out to me and i appreciate that so much because like i said you're bringing light to 
real life life situation like the emotional aspect the things that people you know people look at you and they're asking you why is you parked there because once again changing the definition of something right then when they look at what is to be in a handicap they're thinking physical and so that's why i appreciate everything you're doing in terms of like bringing light to these different scenarios and making these creative fun videos but also very profound life lesson type of video so keep doing that and uh and i really hope that everyone who's listening gets to follow you and and just enjoy you know what you're putting out to the world but then just to wrap it up here um so there's so much (laughs) that you've already talked about you you giving different hints about books and such right uh what does the future look like for Ali? You know, is it is it speaking engagement? Is it books? Is it, you know, like retreats, more live clubhouse type of, you know, communities? What is it? What does that look like for you? Well, that's a really good question because only God knows. Uh, mm. My goal, I said this before, is to wake up and show up to every yeah, day I and be obedient to what I'm called to that day. And of course, I do have visions for the future, which that would definitely be writing a book um, and getting back into the community more mm. and public speaking and being mm. an advocate and encourager and a connector uh, in any way that I can. So actually, one of my biggest visions that I will mm-hmm. share today is to eventually become a keynote speaker. Mm. Let's go. Yes. And and I have no doubt that's going to happen. You I mean your your story is exactly it on so many levels, so many different platforms. And I'm excited. You know, I'm looking forward to the day. <laughs> you have to promise that you will let me know. Of course, you know, I'll invite when you. You get, you get that first keynote speaking opportunity. Deal, deal. You'll be in the front row. Oh, yes. I get the VIP ticket, VIP seat in the room. Spoken into uh, existence, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, amen. Oh, my goodness. That is so good. Well, I'm extremely, I have no doubt. And then you you already mentioned any plans of books, inserts of books, or have you been, I mean, you're, you're heavily involved in the brain community now. Like, are there any conversations of, you know, maybe pieces that you, you're going to be a part of or want to be a part of so far? Well, the one thing I am already doing is I'm a, the community leader of Concussion Compass, which is okay. an online membership for people recovering from concussions. Okay. So I do a lot of leadership stuff there, but really my goal is to just keep exposure going with mm-hmm. whether it be podcasts or grabbing right. opportunities to be speaking and yes. presenting. I've yes. presented about uh, creativity through mm-hmm. healing before and, and overcoming while being creative. And so I'm just going to keep showing up to these things. And I do hope that they, every step of the way does lead to more speaking engagements, more to write a yes. book about my journey and the things that I've learned from it and maybe additional books down the road. And mm. I honestly don't feel grounded to one single thing. I, mm. a lot of times I love, I will show up somewhere. I will be that light and I'm okay whether I show up there again or I move forward from it. So it's pretty up in the air for me and I'm okay with that. I'm just going to keep doing my thing every day. That's so good. Like I said, I'm extremely excited to see which direction you go, what comes first and uh, what follows. You know, I am extremely excited and I'm going to keep following you um, and uh, just having these conversations with you. And would love to have you 
in the near future uh, back on my fitness journey podcast. So, Ali, thank you so much once again for taking the time. Um, I know, like I said, this has been a long time in the making, and, uh, and I'm glad that you were able to make the time for us today. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone who is listening to this, has listened to this. And God bless all of you. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one. Gotta get it in.